Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm the 15-year-old version of myself that can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing for a living. And? <laughs> and? My personal life. Let's go. James is in a good mood. I am. Shoot. I feel very grateful, very blessed for my family, for you. Yeah. I'm two cocktails in, so I'm good. (laughs) Sarah had a real good story for us as she walked in the door. We can't share it with you. So how's that for? A teaser. A teaser. Yeah. It was good, though. It It was was one of those just like, this can't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, adult life, Sarah, it just gets weirder and weirder. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I just got done saying how blessed I am. No, I mean, there's some things about being an adult that are absolute bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, Taxes. Oh, yeah, man. Still haven't yeah. done those. <laughs> you know, $4,000. What? People keep talking about their returns, and I'm like... What returns? Returns? I haven't gotten returned for so long now. God. We sometimes will get one from, like, it. federal, but then still owe state. We still yeah. end up negative. Still, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. I know. A friend of mine that I am in business with now has kind of indicated some tax stuff to me, and it's just a nightmare for for him. Mm-hmm. A nightmare. Don't feel bad for him. He makes a ton of goddamn money, so that's why. Right. But it it's remarkable if you live in the state of California <laughs> and you make good money. Yeah. Woo hoo hoo! God, I remember when we sold just half of that goodbye. We we bought a house and then we sold the townhouse that we owned and we were renting out Mm -hmm. and we just decided like it was too much to be landlords especially of this place we were kind of getting screwed yeah we sold it and it was good like we felt like we made a good amount of money on it it was a totally good investment all of that this is a place by mooberry yeah yeah uh okay and we had to pay eleven thousand dollars in taxes uh, yeah estate sale tax or whatever it's yeah, called yeah, I think yeah. That's it. oh my gosh unbelievable because we didn't immediately turn around and invest it in a new property because that's we bought our house before we sold this one so we couldn't technically use it to buy the house that's uh, you have to hide your yeah. money in yeah uh-huh I mean, that's why, like, 2008 happened. Not to get too bogged down in stupid money stuff, but that's that's kind of how that yes. crash started to happen. Banks would give huge loans to people that could never pay them back for mortgages that they could never pay back. Right. Because they knew they would convince these poor people, and I mean poor people, mm-hmm. that would take out huge loans and then bury that in their equity of the house. Because mm-hmm. then you can't really tax it as, as much, like you were just saying. Right. It's it's like a dirty trick that that's how rich people get richer. They just take all the money they make. Jeff Bezos, for example, uh-huh. you make a gazillion dollars a year, but it's not. There's no cash sitting somewhere. Right. Elon Musk doesn't have four billion dollars in his bank. He's got four billion dollars of assets right. and business and like, or even just like putting it into a fucking yacht. That's yeah. why they do that. Yeah. And they and have ten then homes. Then you also have a yacht. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's that. Well, this has uh, been Billionaire Corner uh-huh. on Disney Dependent. <laughs> little money talk for you. <laughs> Let's go around the room. I'm going to start. Meeny, miny, ash. How are you doing? I'm exhausted and my head hurts really bad. Well, welcome to adulthood, like we were saying. <laughs> also, welcome to being a woman, apparently. Yeah. yeah. That seems to be a it's true. common thing. It is true. Pretty sure I have a toothache again. No. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. These bottom three all need crowns on them. Uh-huh. So I was just waiting until we were more covered with our new insurance. Yeah. I may not be able to wait. We'll put it that way. Man, that sucks. Yeah, man. It's it's a whole fun cycle. For Taxes, me. headaches, dentistry. Yeah. That's why you come here. That's why you show up every week. Hi, yeah, we're man. Disney dependent. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, we know how you're doing. You had a yeah. fun story for us earlier. I'm Other doing than fine, all that except stuff. that I've got something in my right eye. That is persistent. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know what it is. It's driving me crazy. It feels I like that. I have a piece of sand in my right eye. Well, lucky for you, contact wearing and also 
girls in general. You guys are better at touching your eyeballs. I don't think it has anything to do with our gender, but thank you for giving us that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys do like the eyeliner or whatever the hell that's called. You're like, yeah, you can do one of these and people do one of those. It's and just I'm a like, practice. Ugh. Yeah. It's really fun watching James, like, attempt to put on eyeliner, by the way. Or to put, like, Visine in my eye. He cannot touch his eyes. I word about it. I would like to watch you put on eyeliner. Have you ever watched me put on Visine? <laughs> I've also watched you put on chapstick a million times. And even though you put <laughs> like on chapstick more often than I do, you still curse your lips okay. in the funniest way. <laughs> He's going to do it right now. Uh, oh, no. No. What do I do? He's hiding it. He, he is. He's being self-conscious. What do I do? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there Do you I, go. Really? Yeah, you purse your lips. Like a girl? No. More like oh. Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> you make oh, your lips no. very pointy and sharp. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All I have to do for, for you listeners is, if you want to do a Trump, just purse your lips like a butthole and then put your arms upside down. And Real like high. Your elbows in and close and just kind of go like Shimmy them. Wiggle them. That's mm-hmm. all you have to do. Yeah. What an asshole that guy is, huh? Hi, <laughs> everybody. What a stain on our history. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> this just in. It's 58 and mostly cloudy well, at not Disneyland. It's 89 and sunny Disneyland. All right. You know, whatever. you know what, though? It was like 68 degrees know, yesterday afternoon and sunny. And it was so warm, actually. Yeah. I had all the windows open. And... Jiu-Jitsu last night was just an oven inside oh, that room. Yeah, because they still had the heater on for like Oregon winter. Uh huh. And we walked in. They're like, "Hey guys, no, turn that off right now." And yeah. Of course, it was gi night, so we we're really, really toasty. Your karate suit. My karate suit. <laughs> my karate suit. That's what I used to call a gi when I was a little kid. And my parents have a an ornament on their tree of all three of us. Uh-huh. Not four, even though Haley exists now. She did not at the time. But all three of us in whatever <laughs> hobby we were, we into were into. And I was like in gymnastics. Sure. For five freaking minutes. Amazing. If there's one thing I know you from, yes. it's your gymnastics work. And was it I, Emily like a ballerina? Ballerina. She was in a ballet. It was like Parks and Rec type yeah. classes. So and I'm then, the only one that sort of kind of stayed. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I can't do the splits. I can hardly touch my toes. So I'm not a a gymnast. When I was a little kid, I I wanted to be a karate guy. Yep. And then a god God singer. singer. (laughs) God singer. (laughs) Like a Christian rock artist. Like Michael W. Smith. Yes. That was my dream. A god singer. I wanted to be a god singer. Hey, what does that mean, though? I I mean, I think we know. I think we know. I think we just know you didn't What's make that it. Michael W. Smith song? Friends. Oh. <laughs> friend, friend, uh, how does that go? If the Lord's the Lord of them. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. <laughs> and a friend w. will not say never. Because the welcome will not end I can't or something the like tune, that. Though. I can, but I'm not going to sing it because I can't okay. sing. We'll pull it up later. Yeah. He was a hell of a talent. Yeah, sure. He As a god singer. Hell of a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of stains on our national history. <laughs> and you don't mean the band Stain. Stain. <laughs> They're the biggest stain on our national history. Um, we are continuing our series of gross historical inaccuracies. This is part two, and it is a doozy. I'm excited. Yeah. This time we are covering Pocahontas. Yes, we are. And Ash and I just recently watched this fantastic film. You know what? Not (laughs) Not that fantastic. Not good. (laughs) I'm not a fan. It's okay. It's okay. The little raccoon is really cute. Yeah, Miko is great. The dog. The little uh, pug. There's definitely bits of the movie that are good, but... 
the overall it just made i remember even when it came out being aware that this is an inaccurate dis- oh, depiction oh, oh, of oh, oh. what really happened one of the worst yeah and and also kind of just a like boring it's one of those yeah. movies, boring it's, it's very boring, boring. it, it ended and it was ends. like nothing happened nothing happened yeah. she waves goodbye to her true love and he waves goodbye back the movie ends i don't it's even like, remember what? that that's it he goes away on the boat and she waves from a bluff i do have a film summary so i can sprinkle that in a little bit more thank you okay disclaimer right off the bat yeah. first of all my head hurts yeah. second i'm half asleep yeah uh-huh. So I'm working with that against me. So you're doing your best. And I'm ever so slightly drunk. The way you should be. I'm not, but... <laughs> well, pretend that you <laughs> What the fuck I want to say? Rock off. <laughs> um, also, I know nothing in general, and I'm going to try to focus on facts and various accounts of how things happened. There is a lot of emotion tied to this topic. Yeah. And I encourage everyone to listen to the voices of indigenous people to get their perspectives on it. I recommend um, Telling Our Twisted Histories podcast. There's uh, season one, episode seven is one that I listened to. And it's, you know, for indigenous people by indigenous people, Love them it. talking about their perspective on the Pocahontas mythology. That's yeah, I'm, awesome. gl- I'm glad you brought this up because we're a bunch of ding-dongs we're a bunch of know-nothing white people yeah we're don't ever look to us for anything Mm -hmm. don't look to us for anything in general in general just in general tax advice alone (laughs) sensitive topics such as this we're here just to kind of vomit out of our mouth for an hour Uh and try to entertain you yeah where else would you vomit from i guess actually every time i puke it comes out my nose so yeah from our nose me too yeah oh wait you don't vomit out of your butt Wait, is that just me? Diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead, Ash. Uh, My other sources, other than, I'm going to say it again, Telling Our Twisted Histories podcast, season one, episode seven. It's only about 19 minutes, so it's a nice, quick little listen. Um, The Homeschool History podcast, the Smithsonian Magazine. There was an interview with Camilla Townsend, who is the author of Pocahontas and the Powhatan Dilemma. All that's interesting.com, IndianCountryToday.com, and FindAGrave.com. Excellent. That last one. Well, I know her, right? Yeah. FindAGrave.com find is like really common on um, Ancestry.com. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Okay. That you makes can sense. find like headstones and obituaries and stuff. Does Pocahontas have a gravestone that I can see? She does not. At least not one that's actually where her body is. Yeah. Sure, we'll get to this. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll okay, get there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Back to the Disney movie. Here's a summary of the film. It is 1607 in what is now Virginia. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas is the daughter of Chief Powhatan, who has promised her in marriage to Kokuam, this warrior guy that she doesn't even seem to really like all that much. Okay. She feels torn in life between following her heart. I wrote question mark because I don't know what her, what heart, her heart was, was. saying to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and she was, what, 14? Uh, not even. Not even. Jeez. Um, so she's torn between following her heart and serving her people in the way that her father wants. Pocahontas has the most luxurious, silky, long, thick black hair. Lucky. I mean, my God. Yeah. Um, that'll come back later. There's a reason why I'm mentioning it. Uh, meanwhile, English colonists are arriving on the Susan Constant, including John Smith, in search of adventure, gold, fighting, quote, engines. Uh- and potentially settling in the new land. With said engine. Yes. Also, another kind of sensitive topic disclaimer. I'm sure there's more words like that. Is that correct, Dash? There are. Okay. They're not my words. Yeah, I just wanted to... These are pulled directly from sources. Yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just reading. Pocahontas and John Smith meet and obviously fall in love immediately. Their love is encouraged by a creepy talking tree named Grandmother Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also... We were talking about this before watching the movie. I, I've said a few times on this podcast, and we've discussed privately, that I, I'm not like the wokest of guys, we'll say. But you have to sleep. Yeah. But for this movie, like, watching it, it reminded me of how easy or how impressionable you can be as a kid. Uh-huh. So you watch a movie like this as a dumb American kid, per se, such as myself, <laughs> and you see talking trees... And grandma, Native American lady, that 
has special powers yeah. and stuff. And you think, oh, well, that's that's that must just be how Indian culture was. Right. They, they just, just have magic trees. Yeah, they're like magic people. And Well, it's like watching... Um, Darby O'Gill. Yeah, right. You're you like, know, like, the, it's the oh, most that's Ireland. Ah, right. yes. Ah, AC. They're silly people. Yes, with exactly. Bouncing around. Not giving any credit to real human beings who mm. actually walked this planet and did a lot of really awesome stuff. Now, to be fair, the first time we went to Ireland, within 10 minutes of meeting our first Irish person, he said what to us? Top, Top of, of the morning. morning. Top of the morning. Just yeah. about got back in the car and went back to the airport. <laughs> and I was like, can I move here? Yeah. It's real. <laughs> Hand me some Jameson and a Guinness and I'm in. And our Aunt Sarah, who had been living there for a while, looks at us. She's like, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. That is unreal. So anyway, good. carry on, Ash. Yes. So the the colonists' voyage was led by Governor Ratcliffe, the fat villain leader dude, who sees gold as part of his plan to bring him wealth and status. Yes. He has Jamestown built in a wooded clearing and immediately has the crewmen dig for gold. He's sure that this new land has gold that they can mine. It doesn't. And that the Native Americans are hiding it. Thomas, a sentry of Ratcliffe's, follows Smith into the woods and witnesses a secret meeting with Pocahontas, and Coquum, also spying on them, is accidentally killed by Thomas in the process. Powhatan declares war on the English, beginning with John's execution, scheduled for dawn. Pocahontas throws herself on top of him and begs everyone to just get along. I wrote, but daddy, I love him! (laughs) (laughs) I desperately want that hat for James. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I really do need it. It's like a pink trucker hat, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very but Daddy, obnoxious. I love him. Daddy, I love him. Okay, both sides stand down, except for Ratcliffe. He fires his musket at Powhatan, but John takes the shot himself and is gravely injured. Livid, the colonists turn on Ratcliffe and detain him for hurting their comrade. They apparently have to take John Smith back to England because he'll die if they don't, question mark? Okay. I don't yeah. remember why that's the case. Wait, say that last part? They, they, the colonists have to take John Smith yeah. back to England because otherwise he'll die after he's been shot. So the best way to remedy a gunshot wound is not to stay where you are and have the people around you the help six you. Month it's sea to take voyage. a six-month yeah. sea voyage. Where yeah. more people are certainly going to die. And there's infection abounding. But yeah. I guess they don't know about infection, do they? They probably think it's just like J- evil this spirits. This is like yeah. late 1600s or something? 1600-ish. You gotta yeah. get oh, back wow. to the white people. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, cool. Um, good, 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 good. So he asks Pocahontas to join him, but she says she needs to stay with her people. Also, something about her mother's necklace, question mark? These are things I'm remembering. Okay. I don't remember what that was about. I don't either. Um, Pocahontas is friends with a raccoon named Miko and a hummingbird named Flit. Course. Very cute. Mm. Miko torments a fancy pug named Percy, and they end up being BFFs in the end. Yeah, that that pug is pretty neat. That was a pretty neat pug. Because he's a real prissy ship kind of dog. Yeah. And he likes <laughs> the inside kind of life. But then he, he gets the groove for the forest. Yeah. And he's real cute about it, too, I yep. will say. The movie won two Oscars, Best Original Musical or Comedy Score, and Best Original Song for Colors of the Wind. I will say that the music is pretty good. It is pretty good. But really just the one song. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. All the other ones sort of sound like lamer versions of that song, too. Yeah. Also, Mel Gibson is in it. Yeah. Oh my God. And Christian Bale. Got that. Christian Bale's who? He plays Thomas. Oh, yeah. Oh, just the, the spy. The, the spy guy. And <sighs> Mel Gibson is John Smith? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Totally forgot that. Yeah, and it's just his voice. Yeah. It's Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about her actual life. Okay. Yes. The real Pocahontas. Yes. Okay, I can't wait for this part. God so, what is wrong with the story slash the myth of Pocahontas? Well, to start with, Pocahontas wasn't even her real name. Oh. Born about 1596, her real name was Amanute. She also had a more private name, Matuaka which means flower between two streams. Wait, so she was 11. Yes. Potentially, potentially 10. Oh my God. Yeah. That makes me sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, According to Mattaponi history, this name was likely given to her because she was born between two rivers, the Mattaponi and the Pamunkey, both being about a hundred mile long tributaries of the York River estuary in Eastern Virginia. 
This is going to be a good time to remind you that I don't know how to pronounce these words. I did do a lot of research, but even the internet can't agree on a lot of them. So I'm I'm doing my best. You're doing your best. Um, uh, Pocahontas was sometimes her nickname, which, depending on who you ask, means either playful one or ill-behaved child. Her mother was named Pocahontas, and her father, Wahansnaka, who later became chief of the Powhatan tribal nation um, of what is now Virginia. So growing up, Pocahontas dressed like other Powhatan children, meaning that she generally wore minimal clothing. In stark contrast to the Disney princess image, she actually would have had her head shaved for much of her childhood. Whoa. Since among her people, only the adult woman could grow their hair long. Interesting. Her youth would have been spent learning how to cook, farm, build baskets, and tend fires. According to oral history, little Matuaka was likely only about 10 years old, 11 tops, when John Smith and the English colonists arrived in Senecomoco in the spring of 1607. Barf, barf, barf. John Smith was about 27 years old at the time. Oh my god, what a sicko. (laughs) Spoiler alert, they were never married, nor involved romantically in any way. Oh good. Oh thank god. I would say thank god, but honestly, the truth isn't much better. Okay. Okay. Did the raccoon do it, or what's going on? (laughs) Sorry. You wish. Uh, The early 1600s were a horrible time for tribes near Werowocomoco. Oh, you don't say. I do. Werowokomoko. Native tribes were once comfortable wearing clothing more suitable for summer, including exposed breasts for Native women and little to no clothing for children, but they soon found themselves being sexually targeted by English colonists. Yep. Young children were targets of rape, and Native women in the tribe would resort to offering themselves to men in an mm. attempt to keep their children safe. What a nightmare. <laughs> James is starting to nod his head. And... God damn it. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Back up a little bit. 1600s Virginia. Virginia. Was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but it was really like minimal Western European action at this point. Yeah. We had a few people come on over, a couple of boats here and there. But Jamestown is widely accepted as the first settlement of that area yeah of that area so what would be before that uh i mean the mayflower yeah Plymouth. and what is that what is it when is that oh um 1500s okay sounds right to me so <laughs> i'm not a history major you are <laughs> you don't e- worry i'm just making it up either way there is no like colonies that we know of today sure there was colonies like virginia and stuff but it was really just areas right and it was widely Natives. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's probably spot uh, of Europeans. Yeah, I'm just trying to get a grasp on like how wild that must have been. Yeah. How crazy that must have been. Yeah. It's like the whole Louis C.K. thing. Oh, this is India, right? No, nope, no, nope, totally different place. Nah. <laughs> nah, it's India. It's, India. Uh, it's the West India Indies for hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, in the midst of the horrible and atrocious acts committed by the colonists, Maruaka was, quote, coming of age. No, she wasn't. <laughs> Not really. During a ceremony, Maruaka had to choose a new name, and she selected Pocahontas after her mother. Okay. Okay, so she had something to do So with she that did, yes. Yeah, so I will okay. be using Pocahontas, the name, in most places. Okay. During a courtship dance, it is likely that she danced with Kokuam, the beefy, grumpy guy in the movie. Remember? The one that she didn't... Beefy, grumpy native guy? Yep. That she didn't want to marry. Yeah, yeah, okay. And how old was he? Do we know? Um, So she married the young warrior when she was about 14 and soon became pregnant. And according to one source I found, he was probably about 20 at that time. Okay. That somehow I'm okay with. Well, for, for, the for, time, the for the time, mm-hmm. and Culture. 14 is like, you're at least pubescent. Right. And also, people died before they were 40. Right. right. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel much 14, better. 14, you need to start The age kids. difference between 14 and 20 yeah. is much better than the age difference between 10 and 27. Oh, yeah. Okay. At any time. Yeah. Neither one of them would live to see 25, so. Sweet. 
Yeah. Exactly. Um, and Kokuam, just to note, is the younger brother of Potomac uh, Chief Japaza. Japaza? Okay. Japaza. Okay. Uh, okay, so it was during this time that rumors began to surface that the colonists planned to kidnap the beloved chief's daughter, Pocahontas. The rumors became more of a threat when she was about 15 or 16 and living with her husband, Kokuam, at his Potomac village. You said the other tribe was planning to kidnap them? The colonists. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, an English colonist by the name of Captain Samuel Argall sought to find her, thinking that a captured daughter of the chief would thwart attacks by natives. Keep her hostage. Sure. Hearing of her whereabouts, Argall came to the village and demanded Chief Japaza, brother of Pocahontas' husband, to give up Pocahontas or suffer violence against his village. Despondent by this choice, he relented with a hopeful promise that she would only be gone temporarily. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he did not keep that promise. No. <laughs> Before Argall left the village, he gave Chief Japaza a copper pot. He later claimed that he traded it for her. And this supposed, quote, trade is still taught by some historians. I'm sorry. Wow. As though that makes it okay. Here's <laughs> yeah. a pot. Here's Listen, a copper pot. Give me your kid. You got to sure. see the pot. It's really shiny. I mean, that's true. I haven't seen the pot. Sorry, you got to keep in mind, there's not a lot of stores back then. It's true. Okay. Getting it's your not... hands on a good, solid copper pot. Yeah. You could just make tough. another daughter. That's true. You make another daughter, you move on. You can't make another copper pot. Keep her no. head shaved for a while. Yeah. You're good to go. Okay. Before leaving the village, Pocahontas had to give up her baby, referred ah. to as Little Kokuam, to the woman of the village. Uh, the and women of the she, village. They thought she gave birth around 14. Yeah. So this, she's he's a toddler it's, at yeah, this point. Yeah. And her husband was thought to have been killed by the colonists upon returning to their village at around 23 years old. By the way, another caveat to all of this historical stuff, really any history, but especially any time, oh, I don't know, pre-computers, uh-huh. you, you got to really take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. All of it, both sides, because this is all... It's oral history. It's oral history. You're lucky if there's anything written down at all. And you're lucky if it was written down accurately. So a lot of this is is hearsay at best. Sure. Yeah. It's all guesswork. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. But that, but I don't say that to... Discredit. Ex- discredit no. this history. And I also don't say that to argue in defense of companies like Disney just totally going crazy and making their own version of what had happened. Mm-hmm just saying that it is what it is yeah dr Custolo writes in his book the true story of pocahontas the other side of history that pocahontas was undoubtedly raped it is possible that it had been done to her by more than one person and likely repeatedly Jeez. likely as a result pocahontas had a son out of wedlock thomas prior to her marriage to englishman john rolfe Preceding this marriage, the colonists pressured Pocahontas become, to become more civilized and often told her that her father did not love her because he had not come to rescue her. Mm. It is said that Pocahontas often tore off her English clothes because they were uncomfortable. Eventually, Pocahontas relented. She converted to Christianity and took the name Rebecca. <laughs> so Rebecca Pocahontas Rolfe traveled to England with John Rolfe, her son Thomas, Whoa. Captain Jar- John Argall, a.k.a. the guy that kidnapped her, and several native tribal members, including her sister, Matachana. Though the colonists commonly committed various atrocities against the natives, many of the elites in England did not approve of the mistreatment. So they brought Pocahontas and the rest to England to demonstrate their supposed friendship with native nations in order to secure the continued financial support for their colonization efforts. By the way, mm-hmm. some of that... From what I, again, I'm just some ding-dong. Remember, ding-dong, ding-dong here. Ding-dong, ding-dong. Ding-dong alert. I almost see that stuff as, it's like the English were almost worse. And the elitist, the elitist class. Because they would say things like that. Like, we don't approve of the mistreatment of these natives. But they were the ones who would encourage colonization even more. You know, like, like. It's not okay to rape and kidnap, but it is okay to just completely steal their land and and give them zero rights. You know what I mean? Well, it's just not okay for... Yeah, I mean, it's not okay for it to happen unless it's us doing it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's very elitist and, and typical yeah. of the English in that time. This tour to England presented Pocahontas as a tamed savage. See? Oh. See? And although she was not considered a princess in Powhatan culture, she was presented as the Princess Matawaka to the English. According to the accounts of Sister Matachana, she realized that she was being used and desperately desired to return home to her father in Little Cocoam. During her travels in England, Pocahontas did meet John Smith once again and reportedly expressed great outrage at the mistreatment of his position as leader of the colonists and the betrayal to the Powhatan people. And there'll be more on John Smith in a bit and what that whole leader of his colonists meant. Um, After showing her off to the English elites, including the king and queen, on a, hey, look how great we are, world tour. They set out to return to Virginia in the spring of 1617. On the return voyage one night, shortly after dinner with Rolf and Argall, Pocahontas vomited and died at only 21 years old. At what point in um, the journey? I, I didn't... They're like heading back. They're, they're, they're the setting ocean. out to return. Oh, so they're still in England? I think so. Okay. Um, on the ship. Yeah. God. That's how I understood it. Wow. To this day, it is still unclear what killed her. While some think that she came down with a disease of the time, such as tuberculosis, pneumonia, or smallpox, the Powhatan oral history has suggested that she may have been poisoned, especially since her death was so sudden. Wow. Wow. And also, that time is just so wild. You, you know, could like, die from anything at you that die point. From anything, right. and traveling was really dangerous. You know, oh, it's yeah. not like today where people just hop on an airplane and go to Hong Kong. Or even on a ship where you have a stateroom. No, right. No, you're piled on top of each other in filthy conditions. Yeah, totally. The food is What's that food they used to make back then? Hard tack. Hard tack. (laughs) My teeth hurt just thinking about that. Side note. Um, I recommend the Tasting History with Max Miller podcast or it's YouTube great. episode about hardtack. Ooh, he makes hardtack, and then he makes a hardtack stew that was like this recipe that they used to use, where they would like reconstitute it yeah. with like broth, and it just sounds disgusting. There's so many counts of Civil War soldiers using hardtack for like everything. Yeah, I mean, lit like a brick. They would have to wet it down and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was maggots in it half of the time. Just awful. And if there was maggots uh, in it, that became a specialty. Because it was Because it had protein. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep in mind, that's in like the 1860s. Yeah. It's not, not that long 1500s. ago. No. <laughs> None of this is that long ago. None All of, of this really. happened 400 years ago. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yes, 400 years is a long time, but really? I mean... Americans have a different standard of what a long time ago is. Good lord. The rest of the world doesn't. 400 years is nothing. Nothing. It's a blink of an eye. Sure. So instead of being taken home and laid to rest with her father, Rolf and Argall took her to Gravesend, England, where she was buried at St. George's Church on March 21st, uh, 1617. Though Virginia tribes have requested that her remains be returned for repatriation... Officials in England said, whoops, we, I don't actually know where her remains are exactly. So they wow. could not do that. Still to this day, that's unsure. Mm-hmm. Wahansnika, her father, learned wow. from Medachana that his beloved daughter had died. Heartbroken that he had never been able to rescue her, he died from grief less than a year after her own death. Jeez. And according to Mataponi oral history, many of the native people accompanying Pocahontas were sold as servants or carnival attractions or sent to Bermuda if they became pregnant after being raped and sold into slavery. What a nightmare. There's just... Ugh. Yeah. We won the geographic lottery, let alone the, like, time in history lottery. (laughs) Right. You had no rights back then, especially if you were non-white. Yeah. If you're a non-white male of any time (laughs) until very, very recently. Still to this day. Still to this day, it's not great. I just don't understand why people think that they have to fight off other people to just live near each other yeah like, i know why do you like why do Russian you have Ukraine to thing? do this whole no this is my territory bullshit just fucking live near each other and be kind yeah god it, well, i know you, that's not it's not that easy but it just makes me so but angry it should be, but it should be because it's all people like 
stop destroying each other in order to get what you want. I think you had posted something like when the Russia-Ukraine thing first popped off. You posted this meme thing, and it was like, to give you perspective of how big the planet is. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, the universe is this big. Earth is this big. Right. And then the wars are started by this small minority of rich people in power. You know, it was like, just gave you perspective of how much none of this matters. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Everybody thinks that their thing is the thing. Sure. Get over yourself. Oh, especially back then, though. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. Make the world Britain. That was... Well, they had no idea how big the world actually was. Also... Can you imagine England trying to rule the world now? (laughs) Hey, kick rocks, Britain. Get out of here. You're like the size of Oregon, if you're lucky. I mean... Get out of here. I like like Britain. I'm fine with them. But make the world Britain? No. That was what they did, man. Yeah. They were everywhere. Let's not make the world anything. Yeah, let's, let's just, just let, let everybody do your thing and sure. let it be the world. Everybody God. calm down. Sounds pretty good Seriously. to me, Sarah. Let's touch on the real John Smith. Let's. So it wasn't just Disney that took excessive liberties with their story. Ash, Ash. It was John Smith as hunky as they made him sound? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, my my research didn't go into was he as hunky as Mel Gibson. I want his uh, height, weight. Yeah. Dem- dimensions. I want him with the shirt off, though. Of course you do. Let's see what that looks like. So, <laughs> Mr. John Smith himself was also a total liar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Within days of landing at Jamestown, yeah. at, at what would be Jamestown, the first of the settlers were supposedly attacked by the Powhatan tribe. Consequently, the first few weeks of the new settlement were dedicated to building a fort to protect against future attacks from Native Americans and other European powers. In the winter of 1607, the colonists and Smith met with Powhatan warriors and Smith was captured by the chief's younger brother. Now, because the English and Powhatan both feared the actions of the Spanish, they actually formed an alliance of sorts. According to oral history and Contemporary written accounts by the Mataponi, Wahansnaka grew to like Smith and eventually offered him the position of Warrants or leader of the colonists. He was Pocahontas' father. I yes. Guess. Yeah. yeah. Wahansnaka. Wahansnaka. Um, so they, he offered him this position of Warrants or leader of the colonists as recognized by the Powhatan, um, as well as he offered them a much more livable area for his people with greater access to game and seafood. Years later, Smith wrote that young Pocahontas saved his life at what he determined was his execution, but was really the four-day process of becoming a warance. At the minute of my execution, Smith wrote in 1616, Pocahontas hazarded the beating out of her own brains to save mine. And not only that, but so prevailed with her father that I was safely conducted to Jamestown. According to oral history, the Powhatan never tried to execute John Smith, but instead performed a tribal ritual to to formalize Smith's role among the Powhatan. A symbolic death and rebirth transformed Smith into a chief. Furthermore, they added, after that day, Chief Powhatan referred to Smith as a son. Now, Pocahontas could or would not have thrown herself in front of John Smith to beg for his life for many reasons, chief of which being that Smith was being honored, not executed, and she would have known that, and she would not have been allowed to be there in the first place. She was the chief's daughter, but she was still a child and unwelcome at such events. The children of the Powhatan were very closely watched and cared for by all members of the tribe. Since Pocahontas was living with her father, Chief Powhatan Wahunsnaka, at Werowokamoko, and because she was the daughter of a chief, she was likely to be held to even stricter standards and provided with much more structure and appropriate cultural training. Um, in 1608 and 1609, John Smith's role as a warance of the colonists had taken an ugly turn. The colonists' attempts to plant crops to harvest had failed, and Smith violently demanded supplies from surrounding villages after holding a gun to the heads of village leaders. That's one way to ask for help. A tradition that he was reported to do on many occasions. Hmm. Wow. Um, accounts from Mataponi histories tell of one tribal woman proclaiming to Smith, 
You call yourself a Christian, yet you leave us with no food for the winter. Pocahontas's father once said to him, I have not treated any of my warrances as well as you, yet you are the worst warrants I have. I think we need to bring back warrants. Yes. That's a cool time. Yeah. Warrants. And it's spelled like werowance. Okay. Like werowance. Neat. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> In 1609, a mysterious explosion of gunpowder seriously injured Smith, who was forced to return to England. So I guess that tracks kind of of. in some very small way with the Disney story. Mm -hmm. By the time that he left, the Jamestown colony was on the brink of collapse. In 1624, after no one was able to dispute the facts any longer, John Smith wrote in his book, General History of Virginia, about how she, the beautiful daughter of a powerful native leader, rescued him, an English adventurer, from being executed by her father. This narrative of Pocahontas turning her back on her own people and allying with the English, thereby finding common ground between the two cultures, has endured for centuries. The 17th century Englishman called Pocahontas a noble savage and praised her as a selfless heroine who had risked her life to save Captain John Smith. In a sad and ironic turn of events, when she sat for the only portrait ever created during her lifetime, she wore European clothes, including a neck ruff that was popular at the time. I'm just imagining that and being like, ugh. Mm -hmm. During the founding years of the United States in the late 18th and the early 19th century, Smith was widely regarded as as a reliable observer as well as a national hero. Thomas Jefferson described him as, quote, honest, sensible, and well-informed. Now, just for fun, I also have a little section on Jamestown and, quote, the starving time. I was just going to ask you about Jamestown. (laughs) The starving time? Yeah. I was literally just going to ask you, like... Capital S, capital T. Wow. Starving time. You hear a lot about that thing, the starving time. Mm -hmm. But is there a sense of, like, can you give me a sense of what Jamestown looked like felt like how many people were there i don't know that part but i can give you a sense for what it was like to be there and i don't think you're gonna like it but i mean is it like a town i mean as much as a town could be is yeah it's like a you know settlement a settlement what does that mean to to you guys is there like is there various small buildings buildings, yeah some walls and protection over there Mm -hmm. there's the blacksmith guy in the corner ting tinging in the corner ting ting good morning john and they're like quarantine and you know. Sure. Yeah. Or is it like mud? And it's a lot of mud. A lot of mud. There's a whole lot of mud. Yeah. Okay. A lot of pestilence. So there's no roads per se. Maybe little pathways. Paths. paths. Muddy paths. paths. Walking. A lot yeah. of walking. Yeah. Horsing. Probably a lot of horsing. Oxing. Maybe a little yeah. oxing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. So George Percy, one of the leaders of the colony after Smith's departure, wrote, "Quote." Indians killed as fast outside the fort as famine and pestilence did within. This was the beginning of the starving time. Cool. That year, the Virginia Company, which financed the colony, dispatched a whole fleet of ships with new... Sorry, what is the Virginia Company again? That's That's the organized effort to colonize. From England. From England to Virginia. Got it. But that's a government sanctioned... Yes. Back then, company, like military company, not a business entrepreneurial company. Mm, I don't know. For profit situation. But it was know. all for the government, right? Yeah, it was like government dictated. For the but I don't know how much like uh, private money went into it. Got it. They dispatched a whole fleet of ships with new settlers and supplies. But a series of storms on the way across the Atlantic scattered the ships. By the time the fleet limped into Jamestown, only three ships were left. How many went out? I didn't say, but a whole fleet. God. Three left. Dude. (laughs) Next time you get on an airplane and go, how about anywhere? Just remember how long it would take you to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Every time we go down to LA, I'm like, this would have been months. Months of just misery and crossing the Sierra. You know, like, oh my God Mm -hmm. almighty. Half of us would have died. Um, Tragically, the ships had brought many more hungry mouths than supplies. Yeah. With John Smith having gone back to England and the Powhatans blocking off any chance of trade, the colony began to starve. First, the colonists ate the horses that had come with the ships. <sighs> then they began eating the dogs, the cats, and the rats. Oh boy. 
As winter set in, the starving time became more dire. What did they eat next, Ashley? Colonists began boiling their shoes to eat the leather. Well, okay. And then, with nothing else to eat, uh, they began digging up corpses. There, <laughs> there it is. It always ends up there, doesn't it? <laughs> As Percy wrote, quote, And now, famine beginning to look ghastly and pale in every face, that nothing was spared to maintain life and to do those things which seem incredible, as to dig up dead corpses out of graves and to eat them. Jesus. Several other accounts of the period <sighs> reference these acts of cannibalism. But for many years, they were dismissed as myths or attempts to discredit the colony yeah. and, that, and the company that supported it. But in 2013, archaeologists made a gruesome discovery that proved the accounts were true. So, quick question for you. Mm -hmm. You're starving. Yeah. Would you eat a person? I mean, I want to say no, but I don't know what it's like to be starving. I don't either. I don't know how I'd much I'd for I sure eat a life. person. I would eat a person who's already dead. Yeah. But cook up a little dead That's rump? the thing is like cannibalism to me. I feel like cannibalism involves Oh, you mean killing like, someone? Actively killing someone to eat them? No. Well, I don't feel like We might get there. Digging up a grave counts as cannibalism. I'm not defending it. I want to be very clear yeah. about that. But so like Sarah, the Donner Party. Sarah's defending cannibalism. Yes. Deanna. Got it. Isolate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the name of the episode. Sarah defends cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I would. So archaeologists made that gruesome discovery in 2013 that proved that the accounts were true. In a trash heap dating back from the period of the site... Researchers found the remains of a 14-year-old girl. From cut marks along the bones, it was obvious that she had been butchered. Jeez. In some cases, the colonists didn't even wait for people to die before eating them. Okay, that's cannibalism. What does that mean? It means they killed them and ate them. Percy's account makes mention of a man who murdered his pregnant wife and ate her. The man was put to death for his crime, which makes me think he probably was eaten too at that I'm point. I'm sorry. If you're going to eat the pregnant wife, wait till she has the kid so you can eat the kid too. Yeah, I was just going to say, right. get a tasty little appetizer. Make it, <laughs> what, a, make it a whole experience. What's wrong with this guy? Yeah. A little amuse-bouche. I guess he was too hungry to wait. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when the baby comes out and you, you give her a spank and you make sure the baby cries? That's the moment. Well, let wham, it grow wham, wham. a little first, too, oh, maybe. Right. I mean, tasty keeping bones. them on why hoof until eat, they're, yeah, when they're ready to harvest. Why people eat veal. I mean, when I look Lamb. at my little sister's new baby, tasty. Mancha, mancha. I just see these little thighs and tasty uh, little feet, and I think, put a little salt on that. Yummy. Baby, you Ryan, got yourself a stew. Ryan <laughs> would make a, a feast. <laughs> oh. oh, that's so sick and fucked up. Um... Dude, it's so fucked up, but it's it happens so much. I mean, the Oregon Trail, Donner Party. We we recently listened Alive. to a bunch of stuff yes. on the Donner Party. Documentaries. The last podcast and left did a, a series on the Donner Party. It is it's so, good, so much worse than you think it was. Oh, yeah. These poor people suffered so greatly. That, if you're interested in learning oh. more about the Donner Party and the suffering of humanity, then you should read or listen to the book... The Indifferent Stars Above. Yeah, that's okay. the one. Which bleak. I have done. It's bleak. bleak. It's very bleak. Of course. Bleak. <laughs> Bleaker than you think. Because it's not just this, like, journey. No. It's a journey, then they get somewhere. Then it gets worse. And then it just keeps getting worse. And they're just yeah. stuck in this lake area where it just keeps freezing. And they get snowed in, and they can't go anywhere. And... Ugh. <laughs> So, by the time the last of the resupply ships had arrived in the spring of 1610, yeah. only 60 of the 300 settlers who had been in the colony at the beginning of the winter were still alive. Oh wow. God. Seeing the state of the colony, the captain ordered the remaining survivors onto the ship, and they were going to sail back to England. So, and they, they, obviously there was disease and so many other miserable things back then. You die from a fly bite or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fly what, bite. Just a fly bite and you're dead, you know? <laughs> you look at the sun weirdly and you died. But it sounds like the majority of the deaths in Jamestown were from starvation. Yeah, murder, starvation. Man. Probably disease. Disease, yeah. 
And then let's eat that diseased body and see what happens. Well, that's what let's I was dig wondering. it up months later, yeah, or like, even just days how later. How much can you wait? I hey, don't know. Bill dies. Let's bury him because we're Christians. How long do we have? How long do we look around each other and go, so we're going to go dig him up or Is what? his meat rotten? I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Worm infested tush? The answer is yes. And, and you, just you just eat, eat that eat anyway? anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just do it. No, you don't. So wow. it's not all doom and gloom. And I think that it's oversimplifying. Mostly doom and gloom, though, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. I want to hear about the happy birthday parties. And stuff. There's, I mean, it's not that happy. Um, but I think that it's oversimplifying and disingenuous to turn all of the characters into good or bad. Yeah. They're all course. just people and they're all just as fucked up as we are today. By the way. Not to interrupt you, but that's a good point, Ash. And that that's actually what drives me crazy mm-hmm. about all of these stories. That's what drives me the most crazy makes me just, like, really pissed. Because that is the truth. Uh, Dances with Wolves is a good movie for many reasons. But it's a great movie. It's not totally accurate who's, like, the bad, the, quote, bad tribe and the more violent tribe or not. That They make it right. sound like the Pawnees were the really violent ones. That's not entirely true. But it was all. It was everything. Yeah. It was the the settlers, the pioneers were awful. And some of the natives were awful, too. Because they were people. Right. Yeah, human beings are capable of really terrible stuff. I feel like I need to spend a lot more time learning about all of this because I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm as ignorant as they come. Yeah. The following excerpt comes from Camilla Townsend, the author of Pocahontas and the Powhatan Dilemma. And she says, while, so while Smith was a prisoner among the Native Americans, we know he spent some time with Powhatan's daughter Pocahontas, and that they were teaching each other some basic aspects of their languages. And we know this because of his surviving notes, um, written sentences like, quote, tell Pocahontas to bring me three baskets, or Pocahontas has many white beads. So all of a sudden, I could just see this man and this little girl trying to teach each other. Oh, in one case, English, and in another case, Algonquian language, teaching each other. Literally in the fall of uh, 1607, sitting along some river somewhere, they said these actual sentences. She would repeat them in Algonquian, and he would write that down. And that detail brought them both to life for me. That story that Pocahontas was head over heels in love with John Smith has lasted for many generations, He mentioned it himself in the colonial period, as you say, then it died, but it was born again after the revolution in the early 1800s when we were really looking for nationalist stories. Ever since then, it's lived in one form or another, right up to the Disney movie and even today. I think the reason it's been so popular, not among Native Americans maybe, but among people of the dominant culture, is that it's very flattering to us. The idea mm-hmm. is that this is a, quote, good Indian. She admires the white man, admires Christianity, admires the culture, and wants to have peace with these people. She's willing to live with these people rather than her own, marry him rather than one of her own. The whole idea makes people in white American culture feel good about our history, that we were not doing anything wrong to the Indians, but we're really trying to help them, and the good ones appreciated it. It's interesting in general, until recently, Pocahontas has not been a popular figure amongst Native Americans. When I was working on the book, and I called the Virginia Council on Indians, for example, I got reactions of groans because they were just so tired Native Americans for so many years have been so tired of enthusiastic white people loving to love Pocahontas and patting themselves on the back because they love Pocahontas, when in fact, they were really loving the story of an Indian who virtually worshipped white culture. Mm. They were tired of it, and they didn't believe it. It seemed unrealistic to them. I would say, though, that there has been a change recently. Partly, I think that the Disney movie ironically helped. Even though it conveyed more myths, the Native American character is the star. She's the main character, and she's interesting, strong, and beautiful. And so young Native Americans love to watch that movie. It's a real change for them. The other thing that's different is that the scholarship is so much better now. We know so much more about her real life now that the Native Americans are also coming to realize we should talk about her, learn more about her, and read more about her. Because, in fact, she wasn't selling her soul, and she didn't love white culture more than her own people's culture. She was a spunky girl who did everything she could to help her people. 
Once they begin to realize that, they understandably become a lot more interested in her story. That's my thesis on Pocahontas. That was really good. Thanks. I appreciate all of that information because I knew that the story, the Disney story Pocahontas was inaccurate. I knew that. Sure. But I did not realize the extent of the inaccuracies. I am floored by how completely made up so much of it is. Not to say that I'm surprised that Disney, you know, took their own spin on things. But, I mean, that's none of that happened. Really. The only thing that happened is that they did have some interaction Mm -hmm. and... They did come to Virginia. <laughs> yeah. And the people's names are somewhat the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think most people would think of Pocahontas in in conjunction with John Smith. Yes. Right. As a romantic couple. Well, and that she was, you know, a young woman. Yeah. Even, a buxom, beautiful, yeah. long-haired, lo- long-legged like woman. 27 in that. Even if she was only supposed to be 16. Right. Not she was 10. a fully developed woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is not the case. If they'd shown that, I mean, if Disney had done it accurately, they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. So when did we get to the uh, child rape scene? Yeah. 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 When do we get to the part where it's just a child who's running around naked with no hair <laughs> and a 27 year old is yeah. involved? Yeah. That's why, I mean, if you're going to do a historical story, do it somewhat accurate. It doesn't have to be perfect because it's a movie and it's got to be entertaining and I get all that. And especially even more so a children's cartoon. So it's not going to be like super accurate because that'd be a bummer. But. Otherwise, just do a a general time period story. Make it up. Make Let's it up. not use real names like, if we're going to try and make up a completely like new Last story. Right, is a story that is a fictional story. Right, but they they just kind of tie in the time, you know. Yeah. In Whew. in that movie, everyone's bad and everyone's good at the same time. Yeah. You know. Wow. Well. Wow. That good job, was really Ash. good. That Thanks. was a lot of research. I know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and on top of that, it wasn't even one of the better movies. Yeah. I remember thinking that it was better than it was. I yeah, hadn't seen too. it since I was like probably Pocahontas' age. No. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> uh-huh. I thought that was one of the classic movies. And yeah, I, I remember. Because that song at the park all the time. Oh, yeah. And it's a gorgeous song. It won best song yeah. for a reason. And like. I don't know. I just, I remember there being more to the story that they presented. Like, I remember, like, you know, that she had more character. What year is that movie? Oh. We looked it up. 90. I would guess, like, 94. Oh, six. Yeah. What are you saying, sir? I was going to say 94. Ash, what do you got? Six. You're right in the middle. It's 95. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so I was Pocahontas's age. <laughs> wow. I think part of the reason also I remembered it being a better, more classic Disney movie is it's it's right in that era. Yeah, it's in that like, golden. Yeah, yes. some of the best movies ever. The Renaissance. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Lion King, all, all the greats are right around that time. Yeah. So, weird. Well, yet again, you know, you got to decide for yourself, right? Yeah. Learn yourself. Learn yourself. And by learn yourself, I mean let Ashley learn and then just... Listen to it. Tell me about it. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okie dokie. That was really good, Ash, as usual. Lots of research. We appreciate it. Now it's time for the... Let recommend a thing to you. You can take it or leave it part of the episode. <laughs> I'll go ahead and start. This week, I'm going to rep- represent... Nope. Recommend... An oldie but goldie, Ash and I have been revisiting the show Lost. Ah. I think we just started episode one of season two. No, not quite. Not quite. That's right. Almost. Yeah, we're almost at the finale of season one. The hatch is about to open. Yeah, real long first season, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. 20 plus episodes, and they're all like 45 minutes each. I have never gotten into Lost. I've always thought maybe i should try it again maybe i should try it again it's great is it on netflix hulu 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 okay i have hulu. it's it's really good 
It's super duper good. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it's Twilight Zone-y kind of mm-hmm. vibe, but the storylines, I forgot how, because there's so many characters and each individual character has a before the crash on right. the island story that they tie into the current time on the island. And there's just so much backstory. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely show and I forgot how deep it gets. It's pretty bonkers. Okay. It was one for the books. I think my problem is I didn't give it enough time. Yeah. And it, I probably started watching it when I was too distracted with sure. kids and stuff. So I, you would like it. I think I would. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who like it yeah. and I respect these people. So yeah. I should give it a shot. It's definitely one of those shows like Sopranos or something where it, yeah. you're going to there's something there for you. Well, my recommendation is the movie on Netflix called The Atom Project. Oh, I watched yeah, I it last that. night and I have to say that it's pretty goofy. Is that Ryan Reynolds? It's Ryan movie? Reynolds, yeah. which... He is the reason to watch it. It's got a very, like, Deadpool um, and, like, Marvel kind of feel to it. Ryan where Reynolds. it's yeah. It's not supernatural by any means. But, so it's, the story is that this guy from the future, from 2050, mm-hmm. is, um, he time travels back oh, yeah. to 2022. Yeah. And he's trying to come back for a reason, but he's trying to go to 2018 and something goes wrong and he ends up in 2022 and he ends up meeting his like 12 year old self. And, you know, it's Ryan Reynolds. So even though it's like kind of a deep topic and it gets into a lot of pretty heavy stuff, Jennifer Garner is the mom of the 12 year old and Ryan Reynolds, right. which is hilarious. It's just, it's funny enough that it doesn't matter that it's a little dumb. Right. Cause Ryan Reynolds is just so funny. He's funny in everything, but yeah, he's, he's good. It's so many little things that I was actually laughing out loud. He's great. <laughs> so it's the Adam project. Sweet. Love it. What you got Ash? Um, I am recommending something on behalf of our friend Rolla Jones. He says, I want my media rec for this month to be You're in Town the Musical. Oh, that's in response to an Instagram story I did. Do you know that? Mm-mm. That's probably what it is. Well, I had not heard of it, so I looked it up. Well, go so ahead. when we were in San Diego, mm-hmm. we were at a Starbucks right before we went over to Dave's house. Mm-hmm. And on the wall, there is an ad for like a local theater show mm-hmm. and it was urine town and i sn- is this urine like pee like pee pee like pee pee oh it is okay yeah. it's called urine town mm-hmm. the show okay and i i recorded it and i i said something like gross <laughs> like what <laughs> what is this yeah and that's all just a quick little throwaway thing and he responded with like actually no it's really good okay i've seen it it's great and you and ash would actually like it I have a synopsis for us. That's probably why he did that. It's a legit musical, like a Broadway musical. So, in the not-so-distant future, a terrible water shortage and 20-year drought has led to a government ban on private toilets. Yeah, I'm already in. And a proliferation of paid public toilets, (laughs) owned and operated by a single megalomaniac company, the Urine Good Company. Awesome. If the poor don't obey the strict laws prohibiting free urination, they'll be sent to the dreaded and mysterious, quote, urine town. After too long under the heel of the malevolent Caldwell B. Cladwell, the poor stage a revolt, led by a brave young hero fighting tooth and nail for the freedom to pee wherever you like, whenever you like, (laughs) for as long as you like, and with whomever you like. A brilliant satire modeled off of the plays of Kurt Weill and uh, Bertolt Brecht, Urinetown is a wickedly funny, fast-paced, and surprisingly intelligent comedic romp. Sounds lovely. Also, I don't want to fight for people being able to pee anywhere, though. I would fight for it, though. If that... Well, oh, yeah. oh, oh okay. No, yeah, I don't not, want people to pee anywhere. I think you're on to something, there need, I think the point is, like, some guy's in control of it. There needs to be designated pee areas, That's though. That's all I'm saying. I get that. Yeah, I agree. But free. Yeah. yeah. You know you how should, I feel. You should be able to pee wherever you want. Within oh, reason. Ash is disgusting. She wants to pee everywhere. I do too. I love peeing outside. <laughs> She'll it's go best. out of her way to pee outside. Me too. Yeah. No, I mean at home. I haven't. Do you ever do that, Sarah? Do no. you leave your home and go outside and piss in the front yard? Not in the front yard. This one does. I would if I had a secluded backyard like yours. See? She does it all the time. She looks at me and I'm like, you don't have... I- you- there's a bathroom. 
And then she goes right out there. No, it's not like that. It James saves is making water, it up. James. To pee it outside? It is just You're like not that. flushing? No, it's usually like if he has to go to the bathroom and I'm like, well, no. I might as well just go outside then. No. Sometimes. That that has happened sometimes. <laughs> also, an equal amount. She knows amount, this is true, too. <laughs> it's her going, <laughs> and she sneaks out the front door. I'm like, you don't have to. But I do. She likes the way it feels on her tush. <laughs> the cold organ air. <laughs> little grass tickling you yeah yeah she likes it well shoot well, now that's... that we've discussed that <laughs> um, well shucks this has been the most informative episode thanks for listening to another episode of disney dependent see, see you, you real, real soon, soon. <laughs> you can follow us on instagram and facebook at disney dependent and you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WRHatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show and we'll be back here next week.